This week on Right Now, Pfizer whistleblower Brooke Jackson is on the line from the USA to tell us about her lawsuit against the pharmaceutical giant. Brooke has evidence that the vaccine trials falsified data and unblinded participants. This evidence that she provided to the FDA that then led to her dismissal. To watch the full interview with all our guests, including health educator Clive DeCarle, podcasters R&J Insight and former UB40 vocalist Matt Hoy, click onto iconic.com to start your free seven-day trial. Hello and welcome to Right Now. As expected, the price cap on energy prices in the UK will increase by 80% in October. That will cripple people. But then that's the idea, isn't it? Let's be honest. It would take a naivety beyond comprehension to still think this isn't being done by design. Of course, the poorest will be hit hardest. The elderly, families with young children, babies, forced to sit in the freezing cold, unable to afford a hot meal. But this spreads even further than our homes. You think the chip shop or the kids soft plate or the ice rink or the pub or the soup kitchen can afford the bills? Every business uses energy, every food producer, every food transporter, food wholesaler, food seller, all being hit in exactly the same way as the families. So what happens? Everything goes up in price to try and fill that financial void, but everyone is being hit, so the money isn't there. So the businesses go under, and now those employees that have huge energy bills at home suddenly don't have an income. Everything dies, our way of life, and everything we take for granted. The restaurant where you first met your wife, the ballet school where your daughter first performed, gone. Yeah, I'm just nipping to the pub, love, to meet the lads. What pub? There's no pub. That's gone, mate. Everything's gone. The Rona era was the biggest wealth grab in modern history and it's about to become a distant second. Now politicians aren't going to save you because even the ones that aren't in the pockets of those that seek to destroy us, they don't care about energy bills because they don't pay them. You do. And this is where two years of compliance gets you. It's time to stand up folks or forever regret not doing it. Our first guest tonight is a whistleblower who is suing Pfizer for falsifying data during their COVID-19 vaccine trials. Brooke Jackson was a regional director for Ventavia, a company that Pfizer subcontracted to for a brief period in 2020, but was fired after she notified the FDA about issues with Pfizer's vaccine trials. After she was fired, she gave the BMJ, the British Medical Journal, a cache of internal company documents, photos and recordings highlighting the alleged wrongdoing. Documents showed evidence of falsifying data and unblinding trial participants. Since then, Pfizer has seeked to get the lawsuit dismissed because they say the US government was aware of the wrongdoing, but it still continued to work with them. That's quite some logic right there. Brooke, you're working on the Pfizer vaccine trials. At what point did you start to think, hang on, something's not right here? Thank you for having me, Gareth. Day one, as soon as I walked into the clinical trial site, I, I recognized things right away that you know, in all of my 20 years of, of being involved in clinical trials had never seen before. We were severely understaffed and, and I think that was one of the main problems that the company had was just a lack of staff, a lack of appropriate space to see these clinical trial patients. So again, just right away, as soon as I walked in the door. 
Was that something that you think was, was intentional? It was almost like, you know, if, if you kind of overwhelm the number of people that are, are doing the trials, then you, you're going to be able to skip things and kind of cut corners and stuff like that. I think it was, I think it was greed. Ventavia was aware that they were understaffed, that they did not have, you know, the, the, the infrastructure to run this large, large trial. So money and, and, for Ventavia, I never saw an actual clinical trial budget, but in my experience negotiating those types of budgets and negotiating these types of, of clinical trial agreements, I estimate that they were getting approximately seven to $10,000 per patient. And how many patients are we talking? So I know in the overall safety and efficacy analysis that was used for uh, FDA and what was um, uh, what the approval, the very first approval was based on, Ventavia, Ventavia was responsible for about 1,000 of the patients that were enrolled in the trial out of 44,000. Right, okay. So, so it, it's good money. Multi, oh, yeah, absolutely. Multi-million dollar contract, which has led to additional contracts with Pfizer directly. Of course. So so you you kind of blew the whistle on this. You went to the FDA um, they, they, they let you go, and obviously now you're in the, in, in the middle of a, of a lawsuit with them. Um, and I was reading today the, the fact that, that Pfizer's kind of like their excuse really is the fact that, well, the government knew that this was going on, so it kind of doesn't matter, which is sort of, it's kind of blown my mind a little bit. That it's almost to be that sort of candid with it, you know, we're not really bothered. Is, is that, that's extraordinary. And that's, that's literally their excuse that they knew, so that's fine. That, that's one of their arguments and, and reasons, um, you know, that was uh, that were outlined in their actual uh, motion to dismiss. So it's it's that um, and which is materiality in the type of contract uh, or excuse me, lawsuit that I filed and also the type of contract that was negotiated with the Department of Defense, which, you know, did not require the company Pfizer to follow any of the standard regulations that govern contracts in general or those that govern clinical research. That's so they're, they're basically, it is extraordinary. I, I, I feel like I've lived in a state of shock for the last, uh, you know, two and a half years and reading their motion to dismiss. Wow. Was, why do you think that the, the, the U.S. administration kind of looked the other way on it? Because it, I kind of think, you know, if you're responsible for, for you know, 300 million people, in the end, if, if someone's falsifying data, safety, it's going to come back and bite you in the end, as it, it seems to be doing. You know, people are going to be injured and die. It, this is just my opinion, but I, I believe that when the FDA was made aware on in early September of, of what was going on, I, I eventually had a one-on-one -on -one call with FDA, with the Department of Justice, Health and Human Services, the Office of the Inspector General. I was on the phone call with these people, and I, I really believe that they felt that the 1,000 patients and what I was explaining that happened during these clinical trials were not material to, um, you know, the overall safety and the overall efficacy. But what I did report, the unblinding of the patients, the improper storage of the vaccine, uh, you know, that, that list goes on and on. We're all material to what and how Pfizer was able to receive their very first emergency use authorization. 
I think it was the number. See, see, Pfizer has a history. Just you know, a brief look into them shows that they have a history of falsifying data, and they've they've paid astronomically massive, like ridiculously huge fines as a result of that. Um, I mean, can you see Pfizer um, facing justice in the same way um, for for what is becoming now a bit of a catastrophe with with COVID jabs? You know, based on the history and and the Department of Justice and their handling of. The, these previous lawsuits, I, I'm not sure, to be honest. I think that this program, this vaccine program has gone too far and that there are means to make this go away. But I'm hopeful that there has to be accountability. There needs to be changes in our regulatory process, that approval process. And I, I, all I, I'm running on hope these days, I feel. And I'm just hopeful that the judge in this particular case rules on facts and law alone. If he does that, this case, this case is sealed. We win. I think you're in a, I'm the same as you, Brooke. I, I'm literally, I've been running on hope for the, for the last two and a bit years. But, you know, when, when you first came out with this, there wasn't probably that much kind of appetite for it because people don't want to know. People have that kind of attitude of, no, no, you know, Whereas now, you know, it's kind of, it's pretty widely accepted now that actually, okay, yeah, there are adverse reactions. Okay, yeah, there are deaths, there are problems. And so, you know, maybe, you know, there is a bit more hope now in, in the fact that a judge might actually say, well, actually, I'm going to, I'm not going to have my, my hands tied by this. I am going to actually judge fairly. Again, I'm hopeful, you know, this, this vaccine is misbranded. It is not as safe as they claimed it was, and it's not as effective as they claim it is. So again, if, if the judge rules solely on those facts and law, then this case is one for the American people, and in my opinion, the entire world. It, it takes a lot of courage for you to, you know, for one, speak out to the fact where you, you lose your job. I mean, losing your job is bad enough, but you're you're taking on an, an absolute pharmaceutical giant and therefore, you know, all the, the, the lawyers and all the dirty tricks that are associated with, with that. Have you ever felt intimidated at all? Sure, sure. And especially initially, you know, when I brought this information forward, it was in September of 2020, before any of the approvals were given, before the 95% was, you know, just the miracle, this was gonna stop the pandemic. If you got the vaccine, you weren't gonna get sick. So of course I was I was hesitant initially to come forward, but after a conversation with, with my, my family, I knew it was a, the right thing to do. The data that was, that was being collected at these clinical trial sites was so important. This again, vaccine was gonna be used worldwide. And at the time I thought was you know, going to be a very useful tool in, in helping to stop this pandemic. So initially I was, I was intimidated. I felt quite alone, but I, I, again, I just knew it was the right thing to do. And, and it was a quick conversation with my husband and we made the decision that that next day I was going to contact the FDA. And that's exactly what I did. And six, about six and a half hours later, is when I got the call from Ventavia that I was terminated effective immediately and based on um, not being a good fit for the company. Wow. Was that something you expected, though, that, that actually by, by taking the moral high ground as you did, that actually your, your career would, would probably be sacrificed as a result of that? 
Well, I certainly didn't think that it was going to be the FDA that was responsible for taking my complaint and passing that along to Pfizer and then down to my, my former employer. I did not expect that. That's what we believe happens. But I knew because I was making so many, I guess, waves, if you will, within the company because I was just so adamant about changes to our standard operating procedures that we follow the codes of federal regulations that govern research. Good clinical practice means that we are looking out for the safety, the welfare of these patients, their rights, and that mattered to me. And because I was speaking up so loudly, I, I felt that there would be something, you know, I, I anticipated being terminated eventually. I just didn't know it was going to be right after I contacted the FDA. Is that what this is about for you then, this, this lawsuit? It is about kind of, you know, doing, doing what's right, basically. And, and, and what do you hope to, to, to achieve by it? Is it a case of, you know, bringing their misdeeds out into the open? Absolutely. I have been called a hero quite, quite often. I get messages all the time and I'm so grateful and thankful for that. I need those prayers, those thoughts, but I don't feel like a hero in any sense of the word. I was doing my job. I knew it was the right thing to do and that's it, the period. Um, what I hope comes from this lawsuit it's, it's for the, the people that have been injured by this product. Again, I, I've just been so disappointed by my industry. I don't recognize the country that I live in currently. What is happening and how things are being so politicized and the censorship that's come. I, I, I feel like I'm in a nightmare and there are people out there that are screaming to be heard. They are injured. Some people have lost their lives. And, and this is why I'm, I'm continuing to speak up and, and stand up and it's, it's for them. Policy and regulatory change is absolutely something that's gonna have to happen, but that is way outside of my area of expertise. I, I don't even, and I don't even know what that looks like at this point, you know, um, but, but, but that's why it, it's for people, period. I think, you know, yourself, we, we're speaking to, to Matt Hoy later in the show, who, who's also in a lawsuit against um, the for, uh, founder of, of UB40, which was the band he was singing in. He, was, he lost his role in the band because he wouldn't take the jab. And I, so we, we're just hearing so many more lawsuits that are kicking off. It just feels like the way people like yourself, people like Matt, people were, were treated during this sort of COVID era is actually going to come back and, and, and really bite people in the backside, and I really hope it will, to be honest, because because if you, you you take this lawsuit, if you win this lawsuit, you 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 have opened the floodgates here. Yeah, yeah, I I'm, I'm hopeful, and as part of the type of lawsuit that I brought forward, there is the potential that I will receive, um, you know, a, it's a, if there is a successful recovery, there's a percentage of that money that goes directly towards me. When I filed this lawsuit back in January of 2021, I, I spoke to my attorney about this right away. I didn't want any of that money. I want that money to go into a fund for the vaccine injured. And that's, that's that they are, I, I said this just the other day to somebody. I said, I feel like this is 
my obsession. And she said, Brooke, you really have to stop thinking of it as an obsession. This is your purpose. You have, um, there's a reason that you're here. And I just had to stop for a second and and really take that in. So I'm again, doing this for for the vaccine injured. That's fantastic. And and, uh, thanks so much for what you're doing. And like a, like a, the fact that you're going to obviously give the way the money to vaccine injured people is incredible. But but just the fact that you're doing that and, and you've put yourself up above up the parapet for for all this you know attacks and everything. I'm sure that there'll be more attacks coming from Pfizer. I doubt they'll go quietly. But but to have that courage, it, it's amazing, and it will give courage to other people. I, I bet there'll be other people now that are going looking at Brooke and going, Do you know what? I'm going to stand up as well, and that's amazing. Well, thank you very much. I appreciate it. And I do encourage anybody that has information to come forward. You know, this is, it's the time to speak up. You know, I I do try to find a little bit of grace in my heart for, for those that have, you know, not, not felt like they were in a position to do that before, but now there's just, there's, there's too much data out there that real world evidence that everybody speaks so highly about, you know, to, to, to come forward. It's time. Absolutely. There's a, there's a change coming. I can feel it. Yeah. Thank you so much. Thank you so much, Brooke, for talking to us and thanks for, for everything that you're doing. You're Hello, I'm Jamie Icke, CEO and founder of Iconic. People regularly ask me, why do we charge for our services? Well, the answer is simple. The ambition here is to build the biggest independent media platform in the world with the highest production standards. We've recently introduced a brand new $7.99 pricing plan to make Iconic affordable for all. For just a couple of cups of coffee a month, you can access the world's premier media source. Take out a seven day free trial today and come and see what Iconic has to offer.